Welcome to Five Star Weekly. Atlanta United move on to the next round with a gritty performance on Saturday. Now, how do we defeat the Philadelphia Union Thursday night? We discuss all that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Star Fam. I'm AJ. This is Mark. Wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. So we moved on to the Eastern Conference semis, and we now know our next opponent. But let's first thank our sponsor. This segment is sponsored by Mojitos Bistro. Mojitos at the Forum, where you can find a slice of Miami and Havana right here in Atlanta. They offer Cuban cuisine made with recipes from their mom's cookbook. For more on the awesomeness at Mojitos, check our description box below. So if you can't make the game itself at the Benz, you should absolutely head over to Mojitos Bistro. They have two locations in Norcross and at the Forum. But let's get into this match review. And yes, 1-0. Uh, not super eventful in mm -hmm. the sense of goals and all that, but I think there were lots of chances from both sides. Yep. Uh, 14, in fact. Uh, they actually had a couple or one more on target than we did. Sure. Uh, and we kind of wasted a bunch of chances, I feel like, uh, yeah. in the first half. Yeah. But either way, you know, we pull out a gritty result. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that uh, I think we needed to see, mm -hmm. especially uh, facing a team, you know, pretty much they spent their entire international break mm -hmm. just getting ready for us, and yep. so did we. Uh, I think this type of result is probably expected. Yeah. Especially looking at all the other games yeah. <laughs> in MLS. Yeah. Was, there were like lots of goals. Listen, hey, insane sing games. Single elimination format, maybe it's here to stay. Maybe. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the first round was knockout round uh, last season sure, as well. Sure. So I mean, but yeah, yeah this but. one definitely has a different feel to it. I think yeah. for me, what it is is uh, a lot of MLS teams are top heavy, uh, us included, honestly. You oh. know, so like you. You play on the front foot, you go with your best foot forward, which is your attack. Yeah. And you saw we've seen a couple 4-3 matches, one of which we'll uh, talk about a little bit. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But, but. Uh, you know, in these circumstances, I appreciate the boring, you know? Yeah. You know, we, we took care of business. And if uh, if you're into omens, last season we started the postseason with a 1-0 win. So, hey, you know, I love maybe it. it bodes well. I love it, I love it. Um, yeah, omens are good, especially if they uh, go in our direction. Yes, but, uh, we need them. Exactly. So, anyway, uh, yeah, so we set up in our customary uh, kind of 3-5-2, 3-4-1-2, if you will. Yeah. And then they set up with their 4-4-2. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think they aimed to frustrate, mm -hmm. uh, which absolutely. they absolutely did. And then they were very direct when they were uh, looking for a chance on goal. Yep. Um, Teal Bunbury had a couple chances. Sure. I, I think, uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, they were looking at for their target man. And yeah. definitely, I think it was, uh, you know, kind of effective at times. Right. They just are very terrible at putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I will say, too, yeah, even though they did finish uh, with more shots on target, it, a lot of their shots were from uh, this kind of distance and, you know, certain spots where it ended up being uh, an easy save, kind of a straightforward save. Mm -hmm. Guzan did have to make one or two, like, pretty good saves. But for yeah. the most part, I, I mean, thought yeah. uh, the defense kind of, like, controlled their area in terms mm -hmm. of, like, uh, moving New England tackers into... Uh, less uh ideal shots if you will right exactly yeah you you kind of shepherd them into the areas that are less dangerous for sure right uh but there was absolutely one chance where guzan had to pull off a just kind of worldly of a save yeah. i feel like and well and it started from lgp um missing that ball in midfield and the way the parker, header yeah he missed the header yeah and so it's basically two on one with parkers and the way parkers played that and just shaded that was just 
so yeah. beautiful. beautiful. And the yeah. end, yeah, and then they, they Punia gets a dangerous shot. Uh, Guzan is able to make the save on and this. He's one. watching it the whole way yeah, and, uh, and compares it out. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, definitely that was I think absolutely the best chance. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get a two on one, and yeah. uh, still Parky is able to snuff that out. I right. mean, that is I think just what you know what a what a guy you can bring in for, know, for one uh and then you know he could be one of the best mls defenders uh in mls history probably yeah it's and, one of those. and you know honestly it's a shame because he's gonna be such a big loss exactly and so that really is the big looming elephant in the room yeah. is that yes michael parker did get injured in the later part of this match right. uh basically dislocating his shoulders right. but um before all of that right. yeah you know we had um yeah we had numerous chances. Yeah. Barco, uh, you have one on his left foot. He skied it, or not skied it, but he uh, just over the bar. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, before that, he had a chance on also on his left foot. Right, yeah. Uh, also, yeah. yeah, and you know, this type of stuff, uh, yeah. It, it does happen, but sure. I think it's one of those things where we, if we, need, you know, want to go through uh, in subsequent rounds, we definitely need to be more clinical. Absolutely. It's just been, um, I kind of, I think symptomatic of this past month, it's, we have, we've been wasting a lot of chances. You know, if we score in the first half, it's just a different game. You know, yeah. the the way we're able to approach that in the second half, it, and then New England will be forced to make changes. Right. I just think that uh, we did allow New England to hang around a little too much. And what's interesting is that uh, DeBoer after the match said that uh, right before he made the subs, he felt like Atlanta United were losing control, yep. you know? And mm -hmm. uh, and so he felt like he needed to make a change. That's why he made the subs that he made, which yep. is not only, you know, changing the shape, making a very attacking move, but he said, he felt that that uh, helped, uh, helped us regain control of the match and then we continued to create chances from there on out. Right, and which it almost exactly almost uh, made an instant impact. I think Tito definitely made an uh, instant impact. Absolutely. Being so direct at goal, yeah. uh, already getting a shot off, it wasn't yeah. on target, but uh, still either way, um, you know, <laughs> Flo Pogba came yeah. in uh, already uh, very quickly, makes an interception, mm -hmm. and he blasts it in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, Playoff basketball, baby. Exactly. That's the the guy you love to see yeah. for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, and also it was, I think, uh, you know, on top of that, one of his best matches of the season for mm -hmm. sure, mm -hmm. defensively and going forward. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, once he was freed up as the right back, he was able to just, you know, bomb down the right as he usually does. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think within this match, a lot of defensive contribution from him. Absolutely. Um, and it's, I think, you know, they recognized over the break watching video that yeah you know they were pretty much isolating uh, Franco Escobar because Julian Gressel would move up a lot right. and uh, with good reason because yeah Julian Gressel was finding a lot of space to you know uh, provide that service to yeah. Joseph Martinez. Right. But uh, they realized they needed to be more pragmatic and also help uh, Franco Escobar a little bit so that he right. wasn't on an island uh, yeah. on the, the right wing. Yeah, we gave uh, Julian a 7 out of 10 rating and I think that's fair, but you know, I think it's a case where, you know, sometimes, especially matches like these, you just need like a 7 out of 10 from certain guys, you know, right. just needing to work hard, cover ground, you know, and so, yes, it wasn't uh, Gressel's best game and maybe they were keying on him anyway because of the yeah. last match. 
But uh, overall, I think he did his job well. Right. Yeah, he, he mentioned uh, in the post game as well that he noticed that, yeah, it was already kind of pretty different, nothing unexpected. Mm -hmm. uh, they pretty much uh, were kind of marking him a little bit more tightly than uh, definitely last match. Yeah. Uh, and then he, yeah, he wasn't able to get a, a really a cross off until the 17th minute. Right. That, I think, pretty much tells the tale of, yeah, they knew that Julian Gressel beat them last match. Um, like yeah. pretty much let them have way too much space. And so, um, you know, definitely uh, they were way more like solidified, I think, in the back line. And that really, I think, helped us, uh, yeah, be able to not only get the clean sheet, yeah. but uh, I think limit kind of the most dangerous chances that they had. Exactly. Because we had most <clears throat> of the time numbers. Yep. But um, yeah, and so, uh, you know, when we switched to that back four, we got right. the goal. Right. Fantastic to see because uh, I think Barco, oh, yes. he was connecting the lines so, so well yeah. all game uh, until he went off. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, super important what Barco, uh, his contribution was. Yeah, I mean, and for me, the, he was uh, the man of the match, match winning performance for him. And, uh, you know, like DeBoer mentioned in uh, in the post game that uh, he felt like Barco, especially after the formation switch, was getting in between those lines, in between the center backs. And you saw that's exactly what he did on that goal. You know, yeah. he's, he settles the ball, he shifts it nicely, and he was so patient. And the, like, the placement of the pass, especially where Escobar yeah. is when he makes the pass, to it just yeah, the the weight of it is beautiful. Yeah, it's absolutely, perfectly weighted uh, there, and um, yeah, I think it's also that um, you know I think the uh, New England Revolution center backs they like to stay with uh, you know Joseph. And so with that, you have space in between the lines, and that's where Barco was operating really, really well. And credit to them because Joseph did have a quiet game, in my opinion. You know, and but it's just one of those things where if uh, if teams set out to stop Joseph, then someone else has to step up. And in this case, we got it from Barco and Escobar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so uh, you know, uh, Escobar with his third goal in the playoffs. I mean, he only has two in the regular season. Right. Yeah. It, he obviously is a guy that just shows up at the big moments right. for sure. And also, I think, uh, for most of the season. But it's just one of those, you know, you don't expect goals from him. Yeah. Normally. You you know, you don't. But I, I don't think it's an accident at the same time. Because uh, last season, you know, he played right wing back mm -hmm. during the postseason and got forward a lot more. And, you know, was able to show off more of his talents really yeah and uh and, and here in this game he we switched to the back four he moves to right back as opposed to right center back right. gives him more freedom to get forward and he shows what he can it's a nice finish and i take back what i said i think he may have actually been going oh, for goal yeah absolutely was i, I don't yeah. think it was across at all yeah, uh, yeah. and it, it's so perfectly placed really because we talked yeah. about that goalkeeper is hard to beat yeah you know? and so but escobar did it from a tight angle it's really right. good technique from him he's a fantastic overall player in my opinion yeah oh yeah i mean he's uh he scored some really really nice goals uh, with his left foot too yeah. I mean yeah agreed agreed yeah. but um yeah and so also I think a very large part of this match was winning our duels yes uh, because yeah we've like in terms of uh, you know the the actual duels that we won it was 69 to their 42 yep uh, that's a pretty big disparity <laughs> and I think that uh, those individual battles yeah. really helped us kind of control the game when it mattered the most yep and um, yeah, I mean, so the overall, uh, in terms of also like, uh, you know, a lot of people are annoyed when we play kind of listless possession and mm -hmm. whatnot. There was at one point, yeah, 
like there was less as possession, but we were just uh, making sure that we were seeing out the game. And so that's yeah, sure. when you use it. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, yeah, you try to be more proactive with your possession. Right. But uh, I think, yeah, when we were just trying to play keep away, it was beautiful. And uh, sure. You know, and uh, the, you know, and, and for DeBoer, you know, I duels obviously make uh, are a huge deal to him. He talks about it after mm -hmm. every match. Duels, as he likes to say. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but you know, I I give him credit because he set up to how he wanted the team to uh perform and what he wanted to accomplish obviously they won the, du the duels battle uh lorenowitz gets a shout here for me he won 13 duels the most in the match he was winning the ball high up the pitch mm -hmm. and uh yeah i mean and in addition to his five aerial uh wins mm -hmm. uh, yeah as well mm -hmm. you know he was he was a rock in the center of the pitch for me yeah and exactly. you know he was a big part and he was a big part of what we uh Ultimately, what we did well, I think, in, right. in terms of getting forward and what DeBoer wanted out of the team. Right, and I think a big part of why he played is because you have a Teal Punbury on the other side, a sure. really uh, big guy, a target man, like I said earlier, that, uh, yeah, they're lumping those balls towards uh, him, and you need somebody in the middle of the park to win them. And, um, yeah, I mean, Jeff Lorenowitz. Lorenowitz is one of the biggest uh, ones at winning those uh, those aerial duels. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was no surprise to me that he was in this match. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, I mean, it's just in terms of, uh, you know, like even seeing out the match with only 10 men, I mean, yes, uh, it was kind of a, you know, I don't know. It was like I think a lot of the crowd at one point when Parky went down, they didn't really know what was going on right. quite yet. Uh, they saw, obviously, on the uh, Halo board eventually that he was clutched by his shoulder yeah. and being walked off mm -hmm. with help. Uh, but that's, yeah, really hate to see that. And it's, I mean, we're losing center backs by the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, each game we are losing a center back. And yeah. so hopefully LGP doesn't get a yellow card oh, God. Uh, soon because, you know, we might lose another one. And so oh, the, the lineup, the potential lineup, if we lose LGP, oh, yeah. dude, please don't shout at the ref. Just yeah. don't, man. Yeah, we, I think it's, it's definitely just keep it under control. It's not worth it. <laughs> uh, but what is kind of scary also is that Jeff Lerowitz also got one. And so, yeah. you know, the accumulation like is different in the playoffs. Yeah. It, Pretty much, a, uh, you get two, and then you're out for the next game. It's right. just, it's not fantastic, uh, and it's kind of annoying actually. But I get it, you know. If it's, sure. uh, you know, it, they're they're shorter rounds too, so that is a higher impact. I don't like it's, it. I well, like yeah, it's really it's really the uh, conference final that's at risk. You know what I yeah. mean? So if you know if we advance, of course, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and, and if those guys pick up a yellow, then we'd have to do without them for the next round. And right. Especially, uh, don't really want to lose the Renowitz and LGP, especially at this time. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, they're guys that have played, um, you know, very meaningful minutes in MLS. Uh, very, uh, a lot of them, uh, I should say. And that's, uh, I think, speaks for a lot at this point. I mean, experience is very, very handy at this point. So, yep. uh, but anyway, let's move on to the post-match quotes and yeah, I think, uh, you know, Frank DeBoer, he like pretty much spelled it out perfectly about Franco Escobar. He wasn't surprised, uh, but he said, if you see Franco today, it was not a coincidence that he made the goal. I think he was already tremendous in the first half, defensively, offensively. He's so eager to get a good result on our side. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, he kind of, you know, alludes to it a little bit is that we see a different Escobar in the playoffs. I think he's definitely more up for it. Uh, sure. I think he also, again, 
got a little bit more help and wasn't left on an island in this match. Right, right, right. But um, also, yeah, I mean, um, in terms of Joseph Martinez louding his teammates, mm -hmm. like, he's always... For the golden quotes, uh, always known for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was asked to describe his teammates' mentality in this game, and he said, "Warriors, it doesn't matter if we play well or not. The important thing is to win." And uh, I think it's uh, it's pretty poignant here because, yeah, I mean, you know, we had to play the last few dying minutes with ten men, right. and it was definitely squeaky bum time right. for sure. And, and you know, it was, a, it was yeah, pretty even overall. And you know, at this point, we're not gonna, we're just not gonna run over teams. You know, it, we can expect a contentious match every yeah. match, I think. And like these playoffs have shown, maybe some uh, some up and down, some uh, unexpected turn of events. So you know, for Atlanta United to yeah to put in that kind of gritty, boring, you know. Yeah, low key performance. Uh -huh. I get relatively speaking, because you know it, it, it was a little the game was a little stretched at times, but yeah, I mean it was uh, yeah at times kind of back and forth. Yeah. But in terms of yeah, when you expect back and forth, you're like oh goals on that side, goals right. on that side or something. Right. Uh, yeah, this definitely wasn't the case. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I think it was still an entertaining match. Uh, you yeah. know, for the most part, uh, very nerve wracking for sure. <laughs> right. But at the end of the day, we got the results yeah. and we move on mm -hmm. and we survive in advance. That's all it's about. Happy days. Yep. So, uh, anyway, let's move on into the news. And so, yes, Michael Parkhurst, mm -hmm. he did have a dislocated shoulder. And that prognosis, uh, at least so far, is that he is out for uh, about uh, a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, it seems like Frank DeBoer, uh, I think, you know, through his experience of uh, kind of uh, at least hearing and seeing those injuries, yeah, it's about that time. Mm-hmm. Which is going to be a little bit difficult because, yeah, our next match is on Thursday. Right. So, uh... And our next potential match is next Thursday. So, basically, Parker, it sounds like he's out for the next two matches at least. Right. And so, it's not, uh... I, it's something I don't think we should expect him, uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And also, another person that we shouldn't expect, uh, this is kind of the kind of uh, rehash of the update last week that, yes, Miles Robinson, he's still week-to-week -week in yeah. touch-and-go, right. so I would still expect him not to play as yeah. well, uh, and there's... They just uh, don't sound very optimistic. Exactly. I mean, there's just things that uh, are being kind of bandied about that, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't seem like he's going to be playing in the MLS Cup playoffs, so... Mm -hmm. uh, Such if a he, shame. Yeah, if he is, it'll be some miracle, and oh my god, yes. <sighs> <laughs> I would love that to happen, right, but right, right. either way, uh, let's move on from that and into the other playoff matchups that, uh, yeah, who have moved on, yeah. and so NYCFC know their opponent now as well, and Toronto yeah. FC is who they'll face. Toronto also went to extra time with DC, uh, put four goals in extra time, it was 5-1 final score, so, yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's a calamitous extra time uh, yeah. for DC United. Also, wait, what a way for Wayne Rudy to go out, um, yeah. thanks, I mean like he actually was a credit to the league when he played, but yeah. you know, see ya. <laughs> yeah, exactly, I mean it's uh, it's one of those, as an Arsenal fan, bye. <laughs> as a Chelsea fan. <laughs> But um, but no, I understand. Yeah, in the grand scheme of uh, world football, yes, like Wayne Rooney, kind of just kind of bowing out without really any sort of uh, fanfare. Is, yeah, not even a home match. That kind of does suck. But yeah, um, yeah. And so Seattle will be facing RSL. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, so far most of the teams, uh, at least uh, you know, 
because we are filming this on a Sunday night, yes. uh, we do not know the results of the LA Galaxy or and the Minnesota match. Right. So uh, the home games or the home teams have won the match. Yeah. So uh, you know, will that continue? Will that continue? It would be interesting. But LAFC, yes, will face either LA Galaxy or Minnesota United. Right. And uh, so we'll find out uh, that later. Later in the week, uh, excuse me, I have like a frog in my throat. But anyway, um, so moving on from that, uh, I think something kind of uh, funny and kind of coincidental in the uh, the kind of pre-match proceedings was that in the team photo, the return of shouting LGBT uh, happened, and I think uh, I always find a kick out of it because yeah. usually that also precedes a win for yeah. us. Again, if you're into omens. This is it. Yeah, and or uh, at least a series win. So right. it's a. Uh, it actually does. I think uh, it's. It, it means good things. Yeah. And so uh, I want it to happen more. Yeah. Because also for the comedy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it didn't. Well, he did it in the Champions League, and it didn't really, really quite work out. But mm. at, at least in the MLS Cup playoffs last season, it like worked out beautifully. Keep so. keep doing it, man. Exactly. But uh, anyway, uh, moving on from that, oh my god, the Golden Spike <sighs> oh god. hitter this week. Oh my god. Rick Flair. <laughs> For three long years, he had been talking about coming and you know going and taking in an Atlanta United game. Mm -hmm. uh, this was even before we even knew about you know the Golden Spike and celebrities coming to the games to hit it and whatnot. I mean, he showed up with all of the bravado oh, that man. you expect the energy. from the legend, mm -hmm. from the nature boy. Yes. Oh man, I wanted to, uh, yeah, I mean, I was in the uh, the kind of, um, I wasn't at my seat yet, Yeah. and I saw it on the TV screens while I was walking to the, my my uh, my, uh, my seats, and I was like, just, I, was, I wanted to strut with him. <laughs> it was, God, it was just, it's so good to see Ric Flair uh, in an Atlanta United kit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it looks just, good on him, doesn't it? It does, it does. And, you know, he had the, uh, he took it off like a robe in terms of his blazer. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, he's patting his shoulders. Oh, man, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it was just exactly what you love to see yeah. Yeah. from Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. uh, and it got me hyped. I was like, there's no way we lose this. Yeah. So uh, That's what I told my buddies. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, so in terms of if you don't know who Ric Flair is, he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, and yeah, WWE, WCW. Uh, yeah, he was definitely in, in both yeah. for sure. And um, yeah, just a legend. God. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think if you follow Migos and stuff like that, yeah, he was right. in their music video as yeah, well. Yeah. So yeah, he's kind of uh, kind of the OG of just being kind of. Um, Kind of one blinged out, yeah. Uh, two just being a showy guy. He's like kind of like the Rock before the Rock, really. Yeah, yeah. Could cut a promo like yeah. no one better. I the mean, ultimate really. showman, seriously. Yeah. But a uh, a couple of woos for uh, Ric Flair. Yeah. Woo! All right. Sorry for you. <laughs> anyway, but uh, anyway, I, I just love Ric Flair. Sorry. Guys. <laughs> um, anyway. Let's move on to Atlanta United 2, and it was the last game of the season. They played Nashville SC, mm -hmm. who will be moving on to MLS in 2020, mm -hmm. but they lost 3-0 yeah. to them, and yeah, they are the, I think, eventual 
they, I think, finished first in their division. So oh, I think yeah. there's no shame quite in that, right, uh, per right. se. And like you said, they're preparing for MLS, so obviously it's bigger, you know, it goes beyond USL this season. Right. And so, yeah, um, yeah they finished their second season in Atlanta 2 yeah. with uh, 9, 17, and 8, and they have 35 points, and that's beating their inaugural campaign by four points. Yeah. So, yeah, not uh, not spectacular, of course. Right. Uh, but it's a reserve squad. It's kind of been the yeah. MO of a lot of reserve squads. And a constantly rotating squad as well. That, yeah. I think that's what makes it so difficult. Right. And, you know, there were some uh, there were some high points in this season yeah. as well. So hopefully uh, there will be incremental improvement. Obviously discussions about how to handle the team going forward. Yeah. But yeah. Steven Glass, I think, did an admirable job. Uh, yeah. You know, pretty much juggling all the uh, starting 11s and all the players that he didn't have and that he had to work with. Uh, also, the emergence of, of George Campbell as well to yes. uh, you know be signed as a homegrown player. Also beautiful to see. Yeah. And also, uh, Luis Fernando also uh, emerges from that um, and signed to the first team. Can uh, George Campbell play center back for us now? He cannot. <laughs> yes. Rats. That's uh, because, unfortunately... Homegrown rules are really weird, and we signed him, and he will only be ready for January 1st in terms of uh, being available and kind of being able to be eligible on a roster. Right. So it's weird, annoying, <laughs> and um, I mean, I don't know if, uh, I mean, he's he's trained, I think, uh, with the first team at times. Yeah. And definitely probably against, but I think it's just one of those, like, yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah, too early. It would be a stretch anyway, yeah. But, but anyway, uh, that does it for the news and gets us to buy or sell. And simply, we put up an Atlanta United topic and we say if we buy or sell it. So first, Atlanta United topic, over 50% chance PT Martinez will be a five stripe in 2020, buy or sell. Uh, I buy it at 51%. <laughs> no, I, I buy it because I think that uh, the alternatives are just too difficult, right? And I think, uh, ultimately, I think if he leaves Atlanta, you know, after this season, it's a lose for everybody. You know, if, if uh, the, the perception of MLS is not very high and, you know, PD took some criticism even coming to this league. If he, like, leaves without you know, really balling without doing much. What does that say about him as a player? Uh, you know, how does that change his True. perception in South America, in Europe, you know? Uh, and then for Atlanta, you know, other players who might be looking at Atlanta from South America in particular might look at that situation and go, mm, do I want to play for DeBoer? Maybe I go to NYC. Maybe I go to Inter Miami, you know? So I think uh, I think it behooves everyone involved to try to make it work for one more season. Because we know that we know DeBoer is going to be back anyway. So I think, you know, it's just a matter of repairing that relationship, getting on the same page in terms of tactics and... Mm. And you know, try try again in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm for the repairing the, the relationship. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's really on the outs or anything no, like that. No, I think no. in terms of why he didn't play, it was because of the tactics in yeah. the, the the match and definitely the kind of. You know, importance on the uh, security and the kind of defensive work rate. But in terms of, uh, yeah, if I buy or sell, I think, yes, I buy that he will be a five strip in 2020. I think it's because uh, we would take a loss on the transfer fee for one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we haven't seen the best from PT Martinez. Even though he had five goals and seven assists, it's not uh, absolutely horrible numbers or anything like that. Yes, it's a little bit of an underwhelming uh, thing in terms of you know how much we paid for him, sure. Right, right. But in terms of, I think uh, PT Martinez, I think yes, he does have a lot more to show. Uh, but it is also, yeah, 
he's a number 10, I think. He is a guy that uh, maybe lacks in the, the work rate a little bit. Yeah. I think if you uh, follow kind of world football, the importance of number 10s are kind of waning a yeah. little bit. I think had more importance in 2010s. Yeah. But right now, in kind of, yeah, it's more kind of based towards kind of like 4-3-3 systems and I think doing without the number 10. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, with uh, his style in particular, I think it's the issue, you know, because he's more of a, if you want to call it like a panache kind of player, whereas the more modern number 10s tend to be hardworking, maybe not the most creative, but covering a lot of ground, pressing a lot of times, you know, and I think even Barco puts in a little more of a shift, you know, up and down the field than PD would necessarily. You know, not that, and that doesn't make PD a bad player, it's just that, it does, it, I understand where DeBoer is coming from, where especially if he's looking for security, maybe PD's on the outs for you, at least at the start of the game. Right, exactly. I mean, he obviously is a very creative player, uh, definitely has a blast of a shot on him. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just one of those things where, I mean, yes, uh, I think PT Mar Martinez is just a little unlucky in a lot of respects yeah. uh, because of, you know, the kind of loss of Miles Robinson yes. in the back. It's yep. a large impact on him uh, because... You know, in terms of a team, you're only as uh, good as your worst defensive player, for one. And then, you know, also on the flip side, only as good as your, uh, you know, best attacking player, in a sense, defensively. Yeah. Because if you have a guy that, you know, uh, gives away balls needlessly and, um, you know, just cheaply gives away, you know, things that it's just it really puts everybody under pressure. And yeah. so uh, you really need to be as solid as you can be uh, in terms of just all the uh, attacking and defensive levels. And so that's just kind of how it goes. But yeah. uh, next topic is Jeff Lerudowitz will be a five trap in 2020. Bye. Because he might be a coach. Ah, oh, no, I'm kidding. Sort uh, of a five stripe. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's short. Okay. <laughs> I actually, okay. I think he'll be a player next year. I think uh, he may announce it, may announce his retirement next season. But uh, I think, I, I think he'll be back. Just yeah. some, something tells me that mm -hmm. he's not ready to hang him up yet. Yeah, I agree. I, I buy it as well because yeah, I think he's shown in these playoffs as well. Um, and. I think throughout the season that he's okay with coming off the bench or mm -hmm. you know playing a bit part uh, because he knows like his experience will come into play a lot yeah. and yeah I mean having these type of guys in the team that you know are willing to sacrifice minutes are uh, willing to um, really coach the other guys or at least you know just impart some knowledge. Um, yeah, the experience always really pays off, uh, especially if you, um, you know, hopefully you can bring him back on kind of uh, lower wages. Sure. Because, yeah, I wouldn't put him on starting wages. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. Right. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, he is getting up there in age. I think he's 36. But, right. Holy hell. I mean, yeah. he's still shown that he's got a lot to give. And You know, either way, even whether or not he's a coach officially, he's going to coach. You know what I mean? He's going to impart his wisdom and experience mm -hmm. on the other guys. And I think that can only, having a guy like that in your camp can only help. Yeah, I agree, I agree. So, uh, yes, we both agree that he will be a five sharp in 2020. Uh, and hopefully he is. If he isn't, it'd be a sad day as well. But, yeah. uh, I mean, it'd be strange. You know, Michael Parker's announcing his retirement and then, you know, uh, Lorena was just maybe going out like Brian McCann and just saying like, you know, at the end of the season or something like that. That would be very Lorena would something I feel like. Just be like, oh, actually, this is my last game. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I feel but like I he would have said that, you know, during the last game as well. So, yeah, that's true. You know, that's, true. that's where I believe mm -hmm. that it's not quite yeah. his last time. We're doing our digging, I promise you. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so uh, that does it for buy or sell and moves us on to the mailbag. And you guys send in these questions through IG story. 
Please continue to do so and we might answer your question in the future. First question comes from Josh1224. Why do you think PT or Remedi didn't play yesterday? Yeah, and we kind of touched on it a little bit with PT, that is, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, having to sacrifice uh, maybe a creative player who doesn't track back as much for a, mar a more just a more defensive setup in general. Yeah. But in, in this case, it looks like it's, uh, well, he says it's Barco or PD for him. Yeah. But really, it's Hyman who's replacing PD if you're looking at how we set up earlier in the season. Exactly, yeah, because there were at times where PT and Barco played as yeah. well as Joseph, and he so. did, and the boy did float that out there. That, that could happen again, but yeah, you know. I think it was just uh, you know in terms of this match, yeah. because New England Revolution had already seen us. They already are preparing uh, in that sense. That's yes, uh, this is you know the weaknesses. This is where we need to attack to maybe get a goal. Right. Uh, that's really where yeah we need to be as secure at the back as much as possible. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, and Emerson Hyman yes does provide a little bit more of a work rate, and I think yeah he did did show it in terms of uh, his defensive work rate and kind of uh, yeah pressing as well I think it's just a matter of yeah maybe his uh, his actual in product of this match yeah it wasn't really there right, but right. you know he's now really in terms of Romeni though I am surprised Romeni didn't even take part especially when we saw Mo Adams come on later on and True. they played pretty much the same position you yeah know? I mean they are both holding midfielders to a degree so there might be something uh, kind of behind the scenes of like maybe he is uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, maybe sick or something, or mm. maybe uh, he wasn't feeling at his 100%, right. or maybe he wasn't showing uh, enough in training or something, yeah. who knows, but uh, I think in terms of uh, why Lorena would start over Remedi to begin with, because I think that's the interchangeable part at the moment, right. uh, is that Remedi, I think, doesn't offer the aerial prowess yeah. that a Larry does, mm -hmm. and so when that does, uh, you know, have a need, in, especially against their striker, Teal Bunbury, yeah. uh, who's a big hulking kind of guy. Uh, Rometty is not known for that. Um, and so, but... And also, I think Rometty's a little more box-to-box, -box and Larry yeah. is a little more of a sitting, uh, deep Yeah, holding midfielder. Midfielder. Exactly. Yeah. And that way, uh, it really did, I think, help our shape, uh, definitely. And that's yeah. really what's very necessary when you are trying to, like, control the game and, uh, you know, not just be all-out pressing everybody. So, if we're... You know, going in and kind of uh, with the outset mind of mindset, sorry, of uh, just pressing the team, then I think yeah, Remedi is probably the better choice. But right. um, because you do you need a guy who can recover quick, quickly, and Jeff Lerner probably isn't known for uh, you know recovering runs right. uh, per se. So uh, yeah, I think that's why, and you know, I think why we said that he's not going to play, or they didn't play this past match. But uh, next question comes from Chip Natina. If Miles is at 75% on Thursday, do you put him in the lineup, bench, or starting 11? Yeah, I don't think he uh, plays a part at all if he's at 75% either, because I think 75% Miles, it's still a little bit of a danger because you don't know, and you know, if... Uh, you have to sub out a center back. It's just not ideal. Like mm -hmm. again, you know, when you make subs, you generally try to make attacking subs or like <clears> midfield <throat> subs. Uh, you definitely don't want to change things in your backline unless you are trying to just see out a match. Right. Uh, if you're making a sub because of an injury or someone hobbling off, and it's a center back. Usually, it does not end well. It's, it usually bodes uh, for more trouble than it's worth. And right. So, yeah, I wouldn't play him at 75%. It would, it's 100% or nothing. Yeah. 
I would uh, maybe he makes a bench for me, um, and you know, especially with Parkhurst now out completely unavailable. So somebody from the bench goes into starting lineup. So I think maybe he makes a bench for me, but uh, would not play more than like five, ten minutes, if at all. I, I actually lean towards not playing him at all. Mm -hmm. But I think he, if he is at seventy-five percent, then I think he's yeah. probably eighteen. Yeah, and if he is at seventy-five percent, and yes, we are just completely down to just bare bones in the back line, then. Maybe he makes uh, the bench, but I, I just don't think he really plays a part for us uh, in the MLS Cup playoffs uh, going forward, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But hopefully they can pleasantly surprise, surprise yeah. us. So yeah. uh, Anyway, uh, next question comes from Still Man Mullen. Do you think Bello should get a call-up for this Thursday's fixture? I don't think uh, he will, unfortunately, because it's this. Uh, you know, George Bello, he's kind of pretty much penned to join the U.S. Uh, youth national team at the next World Cup, uh, and that's in November. And so he's pretty much going to play a part in that. Uh, he's been playing with Atlanta United 2 since he's returned from his injury. Yeah. He hasn't really been a big part of the uh, first team squad at all, and so uh, I just don't think he's going to you know, be really featured. Yeah, and you know, in terms of do we think he should, probably not. I mean, like he just has not played with the first team at all. And I think, uh, yeah, I think there's a reason behind that with the coaching staff. You know, maybe they just think they want to bring him along a little slowly. He is pretty young. He's going to the U17 World Cup. You know, we have to remember that. Yep. So uh, I think, yeah, probably this is not uh, the spot to... Yeah, really to have him even part of the 18. Exactly. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you know, we have a Mikey Ambrose right. in the squad as well who made the 18. Right. Um, you know, you have just at least, uh, you know, Florentine Pogba was playing left back at the end of the match. I think uh, you have a couple guys that will, uh, I think, see time in those positions. So I don't think George Bello will really, unless we are in an absolute pinch. Uh, and in which case, yeah, it might, yeah, that's. Probably not a good thing if we do uh, have that happen. So, uh, next question comes from Jair Raimundo, uh, 02, 352 or 433 for the rest of the playoffs. Ooh, I'm gonna cop out because I'm gonna say both. I mean, like we showed it's been both. Yeah, yeah and we, but I, I will say it's pretty encouraging. We showed the ability to switch formation halfway or not halfway through, but you're in the middle of the match, mm -hmm. and uh, I do appreciate the board. Uh, being that aggressive, you know, you know, changing shape is not something that managers like to do very often mid-match. You know, if anything, they'll do a life for life, move some players around, but keep the shape pretty much the same. But the board said, "No, we need to change it," and he did. And so I like that the team uh, does have the fluidity to it, and that's hard to prepare for. Yeah. You know, so I say both, man. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, uh, again, in both matches against the New England Revolution, he played both systems. And uh, with that, yes, he kind of had that in mind, and he said that in the, the press conferences afterwards about, yes, uh, it gives the other team something else to think about, and that is always good because, um, you know, the less time you have in between these matches, uh, yeah, the better it is for us when we uh, have different things we can roll out and they aren't ready for it. And so, yeah, I think being able and being training in both of these systems is just the way to go yeah. because uh yeah i think it, they pretty much showed that at least the revolution couldn't break them down right so yeah. uh last question comes from official chancho who do you think is the most underrated atlanta united player franco playoff escobar <laughs> so i think no but the reason why i say that is like i think he's a fantastic 
overall football player, right? Like he's good with both feet, you know, he's decent uh, with the ball, you know, in terms of dribbling, mm -hmm. he can play across, he can take shots. I mean, he's, and so we, he has played multiple positions since he's been with LA United. Yeah. Right back, right wing back, right center back, you know, he can step into the midfield and provide support. Uh, and yeah, I think when he's used, especially when he's allowed to go forward, he's just such a dangerous player. And again, like you're not prepared for him because his stats don't necessarily wow you, but, you know, he's an impact player. Yeah, and especially even on FIFA, I mean, you know, he gets a 70 for pace, and we all know, I think, at, at least, uh, you know, these two guys on the, this side of the table, I think, know that his pace is one of the best on the team. Like, I think just right under I believe, Tito Bichalba. Yeah, no, and Tito was like, they're not respecting you. Like, even yeah. Tito was like, they're not giving you love, bro. Exactly. It's just, it's, yeah, I mean, like, if you've ever seen him make a recovery run, holy crap, he yeah. outruns everybody. Exactly. And so, um, I mean, I would say even Miles, he, like, Miles isn't as fast as him. I think Miles is markedly stronger than uh, Franco Escobar, sure. even though I don't think he's a slouch either. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I like that. I mean, Franco Escobar, that's a very good shell. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you know, there are some other ones, I think, uh, with some kind of notable mentions, maybe an Eric Rometty of sorts, uh, for most of the good work that he's put in the last two years with us. Mm -hmm. um, I think Ezekiel Barco is kind of uh, overlooked in a sense at times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Nagby also at times. We have a lot of guys that um, maybe don't get the fanfare of like, say, a Jose Martinez right. um, or a Miles Robinson, at least more recently. I think for me, it's LGP actually. Oh, yes. Because he doesn't get a lot of love on kind of defensive lists. Uh, for one, he yeah. didn't get any love. Uh, I mean, I think rightly so this season for uh, the defensive kind of player of the year. Yeah, but yeah, last yeah. season, I think he absolutely should have made uh, the list and maybe finished kind of a little bit higher than he did. Yeah. Um, and he's one of the best ball-playing center backs in the league, for, for sure. sure. He's good with the ball at his feet. Exactly. Right foot, left foot, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think when we don't have LGP in the squad or in... 11 even yeah. uh, I think you see the large miss that he is and plus he's a spiritual leader yes um, you know he takes new players under his wing I yeah. mean he's a guy that uh, isn't rated highly in terms of uh, you know the national media of like the guys that you absolutely talk about when you talk about LA United right Right, so right, right. for me, LGP. I like that one. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, man. But um, yeah. Anyway, so that does it for the mailbag and gets us to the match preview. And so it is the Philadelphia Union. Ooh, Ooh yeah. I mean, us playing against them. Um, yeah, this season. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, uh, well, yeah. was it? <laughs> yeah, it was okay. At least a one-one draw at home. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. the three-one win or three-one loss against them. Uh, they won three-one sure. against us at. Uh, Talent Energy Park, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, or Talent Energy Stadium, rather, they, uh, I think, kind of beat up on us when we were definitely very fatigued from a very long month. Yeah. Uh, so it was something that I think they can hang their hats on, of course. Yeah. Uh, they got the W fair and square in that sense, but it is something that we played well, you know, for We the did part. not take our chances in that match. Yes. And, uh, you know, and so we could have been up 2-3. We did score a very pretty goal at the end of the half. But, yeah, uh, yeah second half, we just, we didn't have it. Yeah. Um, and, you we know, ran out of gas. Yeah. And uh, th these things happen when you play uh, pretty much eight matches within, in a month. yeah, 28 days. Yeah. It's a lot. And, uh, but... Uh, you know, I, I think also in terms of their recent form, uh, they haven't really been killing it. Right. But they just got their first playoff win, so congrats to them. Yeah. And they will be 
I think hopefully leaving with only one playoff win <laughs> yeah. in 2019. Yep. But uh, yes, yes, yep. but hopefully that's the case. But anyway, so their recent form, they have won two in their last six with three losses. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're not screaming uh, in really beautiful form, but they have been playing some tough teams. Yeah. One of them being NYCFC. Right. Uh, for us, yeah, we've won four in our last six mm-hmm. with only one loss. Ain't too bad in that respect. Yep. Um, and so, of course, the last two have been against the same team, but still, either way, Take it's them. difficult. Yeah. It's difficult to yeah. be the same team twice. Exactly. And so, for us to do that, yeah, we should be able to uh, hang our heads high uh, with that. But in terms of uh, Philadelphia Union and the way they play, uh, you know, they have that kind of 4 3 3 diamond. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, for, I guess. 4-4-2 diamond, maybe? 4-4-2 diamond, at yeah. least in the last match. But I think yeah. it depends. They kind of uh, switch around. Yeah. I mean, they are pretty deep in terms of uh, their roster. Yeah. So, uh, But do, I think they do like that diamond formation in the middle, though. Yeah. Especially with uh, Majuninin and Bedoya. And then you have, uh, who else? I think, uh, Caceres, I think, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I mean, they. but yeah, like you said, they're deep, especially in midfield. Exactly. And so, uh, yeah, they only like to play with uh, kind of one holding midfielder at that base of the diamond. Yeah. Uh, and that usually is Majuninin. But... Uh, I believe, yeah, no, it's Bedoya. At least uh, I think. I think, it's, I think it's, but yeah, either it, way. it depends. I think they, they switch off, but either right. way. Um, anyway, they uh, in terms of how they play, they like to attack down the wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really create a lot of their chances through their individual skill. Yeah, and they're quite good at scoring uh, and finishing their chances. So yeah, especially you know. uh, from set pieces, they scored uh, three goals from. Well, they scored two goals from set pieces. They scored one. From across from the wing, uh-huh. uh, and uh, and then the the last one was just. <laughs> yeah. If you see that Marco Fabian goal, it's uh, yeah it's when they played against uh, New York Red Bulls for yeah. context. Uh, oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, they also though in terms of their weaknesses, they don't really like conversely because they like to attack on the wings. They are not quite as good uh, defending that attack on the wings yeah. because probably they are moving up too uh, too much. Forward, right? Uh, and then, yeah, we uh, can maybe find some space in behind. Yeah. But uh, and yeah. also some long shots. You know, we we do have a couple players that are you know not shy about pulling the trigger. Exactly. And, and so uh, one thing I would add about the Union strength as well, they are a come from behind team. Mentioned yes. before, uh, they were down one 0 to us at uh, Chester. They came back one three one. Today versus Red Bulls, they were down two nil and they were down three one. They came back and won. Last time they played Red Bulls at home, they were down two nil and they won three two. Right. They get up for it, especially the big games, and of course, the, all of these games are big. So right. even if we take the lead, we're gonna have to be sharp. We're gonna have to play if they're gonna make us play a full ninety for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I think they uh, they have that grit. They they have that determination to. Uh, you know, play their their best ball, and so it's gonna be a uh, a thing that we're gonna have to contend with. Um, but it has been a different story at the Benz. Um, yeah, I think we <clears throat> kind of at least uh, you know handled them better yeah. than at least at Talent Energy. Yeah. But uh, yes, I think earlier in the season they didn't see the very best of Ellie. That was still pretty early in the season, yeah. and then uh, DeBoer did a thing which he better not do again. He had his lineup in a diamond. Yeah. It better like not a, match the, the same formation because yeah. it's just not what worked at all. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a left wing back by committee or something. It was yeah. not a good setup. Yeah, and so that's, uh, I think, is an outlier type of uh, right. kind of setup to begin with. Right. 
But yeah, they're also a team that likes to possess the ball. And so with that, uh, we're both teams that like to possess the ball. Who's going to concede that possession? Or is it going to be uh, really 50-50 in that way? Yeah, I mean, it might be a really back and forth match, yeah. which I think for the neutral could be really great. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of uh, you know their players to watch, they've got some guys that uh, in the regular season have done really well. Casper Zerbilko yeah. had 15 goals and four assists. Yeah. Uh, and then Marco Fabian had eight goals and one assist. Yep. And then Fabrice John Picot, uh, he had five goals and five assists. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, they have a bunch of guys that are, I think, you know, yeah. can come off the bench, yeah. uh, really make an impact. I yeah, mean, especially Ostinio, another five goals, five assists there. And so uh, we are filming this after uh, Union beat Red Bulls 4-3. Right. And in this match, uh, Picolt, Fabian, Ilsenio all came off the bench. And so that's another thing that uh, we need to look out for, keep in mind, is that mm -hmm. Jim Curtin will use subs to change the game, a lot like how DeBoer did in the last match. Right, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, unfortunately though, yeah, Zerbeko did not play in the last match. That's and true, so they, right. that's why they did play with the 4-4-2. Yeah. Uh, and so with that though, I mean, he didn't play, and after the layoff of two weeks, yeah. uh, I mean, will he play against us? He did. Absolute score against us at Talon Energy Stadium. Oh, so yeah, belter of a goal too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they just they have a lot of danger men. So yeah. uh, I don't think it will matter really per se uh, in one respect of who starts per se because some guys could come off the bench. Yeah. But whether he's healthy enough, it's just going to be a kind of probable uh, yeah. kind of game. Kind I wouldn't. Of I wouldn't probably. be surprised if he comes off the bench actually. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, but yeah, we'll he see. suffered a foot injury on decision day, and that's why he's out. But, yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of us, we of course got Miles Robinson, uh, who is, uh, you know, a kind of uh, just, he's injured with his hamstring injury, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Michael Parkers with the dislocated left shoulder. Right. Brett Shea, who's out for the season. And so, you know, those are the knowns. And then, you know, that gets us to essentially what are... Keys. Kind of starting our, our keys of the game. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we, yeah, we're gonna attack with our wings, of course. We need to make sure we finish our chances. I think that's uh, one of the negatives from uh, the la our last match, and so we, I think we need to get a first half goal. Yeah. I think. Uh, and uh, you know, as attacking on our wings, we've kind of at least on the left wing back position hasn't been the best the last couple of matches, uh, and maybe that's. Uh, through kind of marking him out of the game or in terms of uh, just overall performances, maybe he's kind of sputtering because mm -hmm. of the position, but Justin Miriam hasn't had the best couple of matches. Right. Uh, and it, I think it's kind of maybe, you know, it's the latter half of the season. It's probably why he didn't go to uh, the kind of, uh, you know, his international team as well right. with Iraq right. because of, yeah, the fatigue that's kind of, uh, kind of come along with kind of learning this new position for yeah, one. Yeah. And, a very hard-working position that exactly. demands a lot out of you. So. Yeah, I mean, you have to bomb up and down a lot. Yes. And that's uh, really taxing for sure. Yep. And so, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of that, would you take him out of the side? That's just, yeah, I think it would be, um, you know, kind of heresy in one way because yeah. it would take the, the whole shape a little bit away because, I mean, do you, bring in, do you bring in a Dion Pereira who hasn't yeah. really featured very much and you know it's just yeah I think uh, there have been some people I think I got a mailbag question that was uh, kind of uh, that question of like you know just Miriam I would have liked to see him uh, sub or something like that and I'm like mm. well he did well and yeah, or I mean like it. yeah but subbed earlier oh, yeah, right, right, it's right, just right, like right. one of those things where he, they weren't liking his performance and sure. it's like 
I just don't think that, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, not starting him, it's just, or it's just not wise, I think. Yeah. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll yeah, we'll and we'll get to that anyway. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, another part of uh, our keys to the game, yes, that, yes, this is a very strong Philly side. Yep. And so we need to really uh, play smart. Yeah, we shouldn't uh, really let them get in behind as they uh, are want to do as yeah, well. As they did in their last match against us. Exactly. And yeah. so they, uh, them getting on the ball also, yeah, I mean, they could create some good chances through the possession. So, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I think a little bit of pressing is necessary right. as well. Especially, I think, how well we were doing in the kind of first half of the match against the Mad Talent. Yeah, exactly. Um, and one one of my keys for sure is test Andre Blake, goalkeeper for Philadelphia. Uh, if you had, you know, if you haven't seen the game, go back and look at the highlights. But the three goals that Red Bull scored were directly from mistakes from Andre Blake. Mm -hmm. Flailing at the ball. Uh, he doesn't know, have control of the box. He so. really doesn't. Something that I will say Guzan does very well, I've yeah. always thought. But uh, but yeah, he, you know, the aerial, you know, he's suspect. It was a, sh a long shot. Very similar to the save that Guzan made, except Blake let his in, even though mm -hmm. he got his hands to it. Really? Um, and yeah, it, I saw a stat that he had something about uh, minus 10 expected goals. So basically, he's allowed about 10 more goals more than is, you know you would expect, mm -hmm. given the shots he's faced, mm -hmm. which is like one of the worst marks ever. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, so you know we'll definitely need to take advantage of our set pieces yeah. and so really make sure that we put a good ball in and let our guys who can win the ball in the air uh, really put it in the back of the net. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so yeah, maybe we do come up with some kind of creative um, yeah, routines and really try to put them off and hopefully you know we can get one in that way. Yep. But uh, anyway, let's uh, get into our starting 11. Sure. And so, getting through the lines, of course, it's Guzan in between the sticks. Has to be. Uh, and in terms of the shape, I think, yeah, we start off with a 3-5-2 like we always do. Yep, yep, uh, yep. At least recently. And so, um, yeah, who's in your back line? My back line is Escobar, LGP in the middle, and Pogba on the left. Uh, yeah, so Pogba comes in, uh, LGP shifts to the middle. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I know that some people, you know, might worry about him you know lgp being the if you wanted the commander yeah the, the taking, sweeper in the middle of really yeah and like he's yeah. going to be the one who's uh who's making sure the defense does you yeah, know is organized, is, is organized. Yeah. and so but i actually trust him in that in that role you know i mean he is a leader out there mm -hmm. uh and yeah so that i think for me Pablo comes in okay uh yeah i mean for me i think it's escobar that's the right center back Larry comes in as the sweeper, and then LGP is back on his customary left side of it. So uh, I think Larry provides a little bit more of that experience, and I think uh, he has played the back line not as a sweeper, not as the middle of the back three, right. but because uh, when he has, it's played as the right center back. Right. Uh, but I think, you know, when he drops in between center backs in a four man back line anyway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much. A little similar, uh, so I think he will have a little bit more of a familiarity with it. Yeah. Um, yep. And I think for me, Pogba, I think just lacks a little bit of the fitness to be able to play the full 90 at the moment. Sure. Um, especially, yeah, he had played uh, pretty much this past week as well and made the flight over. Oh, right, yeah. And so I just don't think he's quite uh, kind of match fit for all these minutes. And he's shown, yeah, when you play him too much, yeah, he will break down a little. And so, yeah, I think him coming in to kind of secure things is a little bit 
bit better, especially yeah. yeah, if it's as a right or if it's as a center back or if it's as uh, a left back, mm-hmm. yeah, it could be either way. Mm-hmm. Um, getting into the midfield, then yeah, I mean, of course, uh, you know, I took a midfielder out, right. so it becomes uh, a little bit more interesting there. Yeah. Um, I think for me. Remedi and Nagby start in the middle. Sure. Uh, Remedi comes back in because, yes, we do need a little bit more of that pressing. We probably don't need to worry about too hard, uh, you know, having an aerial prowess uh, type of guy. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think for me, Remedi can do the job in uh, really harrying the guys uh, that are on the ball mm. and hopefully putting them in his pocket. Yeah. So for me, the midfield is uh, Larry, Nagby, and Hyman. And so it's a midfield three. Uh, DeBoer did talk about this particular midfield three after the last match. He said he likes the balance and control that they provide. And so I expect him to go out to start with that again, especially versus what we expect will be a diamond formation. Mm-hmm. And winning that middle is going to be pretty key in this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, for sure, for sure. And then, so on to the wingbacks, uh, I think, uh, for me, I think... Uh, I think it's it stays as it is. Yeah. Uh, Gressel and Miram they come back in, yeah. and that's where I think it, it is crazy to maybe uh, bring out a Miram. Yes, he didn't have the best matches mm-hmm. recently, but uh, I think the familiarity and what he provides uh, overall. I think you know just to take him out after a couple of performances against the same team mm-hmm. might just be a little rash. But you have something different. Yeah, I do. Uh, call me crazy. <laughs> no, so uh, I am calling you crazy. It's all good. No, yeah, I'm... so my wingbacks are Gressel <laughs> and Pereira. And so Pereira is left-footed. And I think one of the issues is that uh, Justin Miram wants to cut in. He wants to take people on because he's mm-hmm. right-footed. And that makes sense. And it was working for a while. Mm-hmm. But I think it just maybe makes that side a little too narrow. Especially if you have Hyman in here who already drifts to the left, already is right-footed. And so he does uh, want to cut in from the left and kind of link up like Miram does. So I think with Pereira, uh, you have somebody who's going to maybe go to the touchline uh, mm-hmm. a little more. Now, the the set, what we need to see from Pereira, I think, is a better final ball. Yeah. And, you know, if he's going to be on the left, he needs to put in crosses. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it potentially, having Pereira just widens the play overall, you know, maybe mm-hmm. uh, takes pressure off of Gressel as well mm-hmm. you know and just it just uh, we've talked about attacking with width and I think mm-hmm. that's that gives us our best chance to attack with width yeah and uh, yeah I, I see what you're saying and so part of my lineup in that regard uh, kind of uh, I think allows you know Miram to cut in as he does and then the players that like to naturally drift over to the left side uh, will allow them to do that as well and so mm-hmm. Getting into uh, my number 10 is Barco. You already alluded that, yeah, right. Hyman is your guy in the middle. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Barco, I think, yeah, you know, kind of moving him a little bit backwards, just at least one position, uh, I think allows him, again, to still operate between the lines and pretty much drift to wherever he pleases, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. And then, yeah, with Miriam and... For me, PT comes back in and Joseph up top. Uh, PT does like to drift on his left as well, although he did do some of his best work uh, kind of more on the right side this season for yeah. sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it is that case where uh, because you have Miriam drifting in, PT kind of more drifting to the left, you kind of can create that space. And then, yeah, I mean, PT Martinez. Uh, can pick out a pass to the left as well. And so I think that's where, uh, yeah, we will have the kind of options abound and pretty much balls and crosses coming from anywhere. And that kind of thing, I think, really bodes well for this type of match where I think if their defense is kind of uh, just unaware of where the ball is going to be coming from, 
it really bodes well for us, but yeah. Um, and yeah, so, you. yeah, up top I have Barco and Joseph, you know, same as last match. And uh, I would really love to see Barco get on the score sheet here. And, you know, because I think he will have his opportunities, especially if teams focus on Joseph. Teams haven't seen as much of Barco this season. True. And I think he's just like our secret weapon right now. I mean, yeah. he's very, very good. That, that I, again, like, that, I'll go back to that assist. It's just beautiful, you know, and there's not a lot of players in this league that can do that. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that we have one who, really hasn't played much and maybe he's fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that Barco, yeah, I wanna see him take the load on. Like we, you know, when he, before he came to Atlanta, he scored a penalty in the Copa Libertadores final. Mm -hmm. And so like, I wanna see him like take a big game by the scruff. Yeah, uh, the scruff of the neck, yeah, for sure. So, but so uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, with this formation, we still probably could switch back into a 4-3-3 yeah. to see out a match if we are up yeah. uh, or if we need to push forward because we're down. Mm. Uh, there are still guys that we can bring on, Tito as well, yeah. uh, some other guys. I so. would say keep an eye out for uh, Remedi Tito double sub where uh, they come in for, in my setup, uh, Pereira and Hyman. And then I would see, I would actually move Larry back into the, and make that a back four. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it would be Nagby and yeah, Remedi shielding them, mm -hmm. Tito on the left wing, you know, you, yeah. you do 4 2 3 1, I guess, at that point. Right. And so, but either way, yeah, we still probably have to play a little bit more pragmatic like we have yeah. Uh, because, yes, yeah, the one on one ability is not really as prominent as we have when we have a Miles Robinson for sure. Right. And so, uh, yeah, but at home, I think yeah, we are able to definitely uh, take that little bit more of a risk because we know that um, you know the fans will give us the energy yes. and give the team the energy that uh, they will need to keep pushing forward. So yeah. uh, you know, especially it's not you know a week, a full week after this uh, this match. It's you know just a couple of days less yeah. uh, than kind of usual per se so right. uh yeah i mean and it then, will be a little bit yeah keeping an eye on fatigue for the union they just mm -hmm. played 120 matches in a day less and they have to travel or right? 120 minutes so yeah minutes right yeah and um and so yeah definitely that's a very long time to have played and then have to have traveled here mm -hmm. and then play in the cauldron of the bends yeah. i think yeah it really will uh definitely make an impact especially you know, if they get down early, it, right. you know, that, that kind of fighting spirit, it really will be tested. Yeah. And so, you know, that gets us to our score prediction. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I got 2-1 for the final score. I think it will be close. You know, I, the Union are a tough team and credit to them. This has been probably their best season, you know, mm -hmm. as a franchise. But, uh, yeah, I just think uh, we need to... our. Our difference makers will make the difference. Guys mm -hmm. like Barco, maybe a Tito. I expect Joseph to have a better game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think at the end of the day, we take care of business 2-1. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think I'm going along with more of how it's been going in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a wild one. It's gonna be five goals. And <laughs> uh, I think we're gonna win 3-2. Uh, I mean, we're, it's probably gonna go back and forth. Um, oh, because yeah, they're not gonna give up. We're gonna just keep on fighting as well because yeah. I think we've shown that uh, I think at home that you know we uh, we don't give up at home I don't think uh, yeah. and so definitely it's uh, yeah I mean I we just want a comfy win I know but <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen with that without Miles Robinson as yeah. well so yeah. uh, I think we're gonna expect a bunch of goals as it has been because yeah it's a knockout round there aren't uh, there isn't another leg to really uh, kind of prop your leg on for lack of a, a better uh, word there and so yeah I, mean, I think you know. Still, we get that, uh, you know, move on into the conference finals. So, 
Uh, 3-2 ain't too bad, and uh, I think it'll be fun for the neutral if uh, yeah. if there are neutrals out there watching this. But right. anyway, that does it for the match preview, and that gets us to our question of the day. Yeah, Ric Flair, man, finally <laughs> made an appearance at Mercedes-Benz. He hit the, uh, he hit the uh, spike, yeah. spike, had many of us hyped. Who would you like to see Thursday night? Who's gonna get you hyped and ready for that match? Yeah, but guys, uh, let us know who you want uh, to hit the Golden Spike, who, uh, in terms of what you want as your lineup for the match, uh, in terms of your, uh, you know, score line, what is that? Let us know in the comments below. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already, share this video, and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.